0: But I love you in the strangest way
1: Welcome to Racers Alley here at Meany Radio. Uh, Today we're going to talk about just uh, the producer and a racer called Alex. And uh, shortly we'll be able to get back to you and uh, have a nice conversation. We'll be right back. Thank you very much.
0: Drives a nine four four. Satisfaction who is from her pole. She keeps dreams on her feet.
1: Racer's Alley on Mutiny Radio. Thanks for joining us. So today, uh, Racer's Alley is back here for, I believe, our eighth show. And uh, as usual, we're here at uh, Mutiny Radio here in the heart of the mission. Uh, Mutiny and Pam Tastik are great for the community. And uh, this weekend, they're going to have a bit shindig here on Saturday. So I hope you can all come down and check them out. As far as today, uh, we're going to be interviewing uh, Racer Alex. Uh, He's uh, done the Isle of Man. He started racing in the 90s and uh, as well as a uh, regular character here in the city. So let's see here. Alex, uh, how old are you? When did you start? Uh, what are we up to? Well, actually, uh, I'm 52 years old, getting a little old here, and uh, I've been living in San Francisco since 1996. Uh, I moved here from the valley after living in, uh, you know, the hotter areas for a while. You know, I uh, had a lot of jobs for the city, and currently I'm working at uh, Moto here over on Otis Street as a, uh, uh, I guess you could say an overall uh, do-everything guy. Just make sure the place runs smoothly, take care of Sean, and... Uh, Make sure everyone's happy when they come in and out of the shop. That's awesome, Alex. That's awesome. So, uh, you know what's interesting? I mean, on tape here today, we're actually going to have to prove that there's more than one Alex and we have it live on tape. So, I always thought you were kind of a, you know, had many personalities and here we are. Yeah, we shouldn't really talk about that, okay? Okay, let's move on. So, how did you start? Well, I guess I could say, you know, back in around uh 76, 77, uh my uncle had a uh, actually, I would say 79, sorry. My uncle had a DT175 that he used to ride around and uh ended up uh one day he and he bought a new XR uh I'm sorry. Yeah, I guess it was a XT500 single uh four stroke and uh from there, he let me learn me, learn to learn. Let me uh, ride his bike and taught me how to ride it. I was a young boy, and uh, the bike was obviously a little bit taller than my feet, and uh, a little intimidated. But uh, after a few tries, I was able to go down the street and be independent. And from there, uh, I would basically sneak the bike out when my parents weren't home yeah interesting so what you're saying alex is uh, you started out on a dt 175 as a kid on the street illegally i didn't say that okay well let's just keep moving on so when your parents are gone you rode the bike around and uh how was it well I have to say uh, I had a little route it was about 13 miles and bunch just squiggly roads and uh, back then you didn't have to have a helmet so I just had my hat on and my my shades which are mirrored back then and I had a great time especially in the afternoons you know it's a beautiful nothing like 80s weather and just running around uh, again you're a you're a kid around uh, you know 14 and you're able to ride a motorcycle and from there you're uh kind of cool in a sense because you shouldn't be on a motorized vehicle and you're always out running the law so what you're saying uh, since you were younger you've always been kind of a hooligan Well, my mom might be listening to this, so uh, maybe not, but uh, I always had fun. So from there, uh, what did you do? Well, uh, actually, I stopped riding a motorcycle in around 1982. I was being a little crazy in the back roads one day, and a uh, big moving van uh, came out in my way, and I literally had to screech to stop in front of it. And from there, I pretty much uh, put the bike in the garage and never really went back to it huh interesting so you stopped riding altogether uh, even though you could ride without a license yes yes I did I mean uh, I guess at the time I thought my life was worth something more interesting so Alex uh, what happened after that, uh, well, I wanted to do actually, interestingly enough, rally car racing, and ended up uh, as a paper boy. I did a lot of routes back then, and uh, between three and five in the afternoon, and two and five in the morning, I was basically allowed to run the streets in these rural areas as fast as I could delivering paper. So I always felt that I had a, you know, a good way with speed and controlling vehicles, and uh, what I wanted to do was actually become a proper rally car racer. What changed your mind, mate? Well, uh, around 1987, I want to say, uh, my friend Rick Overmeyer, uh, one of the Hellrats, rats, hey, uh, he ended up coming by the house, and uh, I hadn't ridden in a number of years, but they heard about me, you know, and goes, Alex, can I uh, go test ride your bike? Uh, can you test ride a bike for me? I just bought it. And I go, what? what do you mean, Rick? You're buying a bike? And... Yeah, it seems some uh, some around some time, all the hell rats back in the day, which we'd end up calling ourselves, end up buying motorcycles, which is a bunch of kids out of high school, and you have nothing uh, but a little bit of extra cash, and uh, you couldn't have a motorcycle at home, so once you moved out, what did you do? Buy a bike. And little did I know, about six of my friends bought motorcycles, and from there, I was going to test ride Rick's. And... Uh, he ended up going to Dublin, California. He looked at a 1982 CB650, I think, Honda, with uh, dual pipes on each side, chrome tank. Really nice-looking bike, kind of classic nowadays. And uh, rode it around the block. Told him uh, he had some flat tires. Better put some air in him, otherwise the bike's ready to go. Wow. So you hadn't been on a bike in years, and you are able to get on it and, uh, I guess, uh, ride without having any, you know, setbacks? Well, I guess you could say, you know, riding a bike's riding a bike. So once you have the talents, you're able to actually go back out there and do it. So, uh, yeah, after going around, that was the issue. Uh, after he actually came in and uh, bought the bike, I had this thing that uh, I was going to buy a sailboat. My job was to, uh, that Friday, literally, I was going to buy a sailboat and uh, sail around the world. I had everything set up, and I had a plan, you know, and... Uh, What happened was, after riding that motorcycle, uh, obviously I had restful fits of sleep, and uh, uh, a long, dormant dragon had been awoken. And uh, I still, to this day, can't explain why I went with that cash. Instead of buying the boat, putting a uh, down payment on the boat, I ended up buying a motorcycle, a 1987 Yamaha Phaser. Wow, so uh, you had certain plans to go around the world and have a whole different life and instead you bought a motorcycle Yeah, you know, sometimes I wonder to this day if that was a right decision however, you know, uh I'm an Isleman TT racer, uh, racer twice, and that was a a lifetime goal. It took me well over 15 years to get there, and uh, you know, a bit of sacrifice in, in, in many ways. And I don't know, you know, I mean, if I had to do it over again, would I? It's like, it's very rare that you can do what I what I accomplished, and uh, so as of right now, I would just say it's it's good that I bought the bike. Okay then I I respect that. Uh, So let's move on a little bit. Uh, What jobs have you had in the industry? Well, when I started, uh, in nineteen uh, ninety-two, I ended up uh, ninety-one, ninety-two. I ended up at Dublin Kawasaki, Honda, Yamaha, and uh, back then, Doug Meyer owned uh, the place. And uh, Doug is actually a famous man, as far as a uh, highly respected. He uh, used to do the uh, Bonneville races on his uh, ZX. I want to say ten back then with some very trick carbon fiber bodywork. But even more impressive, uh, Doug actually uh, he helped build the motors for uh, muzzy so when you talk about the raptor and such like that he put his hands on those he had a lot to do with that and at the time he did write for city bike and uh, if you look way back doug meyer is definitely a name of motorcycling here in the bay area very very famous oh that's pretty cool alex that's pretty cool so uh from there what did you do well, uh, I spent the job at Dublin Cowboy for a couple of years and then uh, moved on. Uh, I actually moved here in San Francisco back in, uh, I guess you'd say, 96. And... Uh from there, uh, I got a job briefly at Golden Gate Cycles. That lasted three months because uh, you had to know the guy to understand. And a lot of my uh, my, my my pals have actually uh, been to Golden Gate Cycles. And the uh, motorcycle community in general, you know, when you when you work around folks uh, in the motorcycle community, everyone's worked at every shop at one point or another. Everyone knows the mechanics. Motorcycling generally is a small, small community, but as far as motorcycling and... Uh, Uh, reputations word gets around even quicker. No kidding. No kidding. So what does that mean exactly? Well, if you've done something Bad, everyone hears it. Am I wrong? Sure does. Hey, Wade, it you just really got crazy? in the shop. Good to see you. I was just talking about uh, Ask your Racer and uh, the producer Alex Torres Mori is asking Racer Alex, you know <laughs> uh, some questions and we'll actually go through this again with you. I mean, it's very interesting, you know, I mean, no one really knows how we started. so I had like 10 questions to ask and you can tell about your past a little and where we all came from. How are you doing today? All right, really good. Good. How was your day?
2: Dynamite. Um, got a lot of stuff done, and and, and, I'm, and I'm off now. So, uh, did you race last weekend? Last weekend, yeah, I did the uh, Stockton Half Mile on a DTR1, my R1, and I was sponsored with a 450 Honda, a brand new one from Candy Plates. So Candy really,
1: Plates are our sponsor here. Awesome. Yeah, really nice. Nice
2: guy. Um, Paul... Anyhow, he got a, a 450, put 19-inch wheels on it, a little bit of everything. It had like two hours on it. Wow. I so, it it's fresh. Really fresh. Really nice. It's got electric starter, the button for go fast or whatever. <laughs> so, I totally set it up. I got to ride it twice. I rode three
1: classes. I barely survived. It was so hot. It was great. <laughs> awesome. We'll get back to that in a second, Wade. Why don't you sit back, take a breather, and let's see. Let's talk to racer Alex again. So, you mentioned jobs in the industry. You started over at uh, Dublin Kawasaki Honda Yamaha with Doug Meyer. Yes, I did. Uh, I forgot to mention, you know, Doug Meyer was a great man, and uh, he still is, I'm sure. I wish uh, I could get him on the show, and I might. Uh, at the same time, you know, I just started racing as a young lad, and uh, uh, I met our just recent, one of our recent guests here at uh, Racers Alley, Chuck Sorensen. He was he was there with me in uh, 92 through 94 as well. Wow, so it's really nice of you to be able to actually, like get in a place and meet some very important people. Yeah, well I gotta tell you, I mean, uh without those folks, uh my racing program would have taken a lot longer. I mean, I I, I can imagine that it's very important, you know, starting out to meet the right people, to meet people with proper motivation. I mean, to, you know, have a seriousness towards it, gives you good advice, you know. I mean, as long as you, yeah, yeah. you don't mess up. it's, it's am, I, am I wrong, Wade? Yeah, it's much easier than on your own. On your own. And that is very, very true. I mean, uh, Wade, I mean, when you started, how, to, how did you start out?
2: Um, I actually did road racing, I want to say, and um, dirt racing. I dirt raced every Friday night. Uh, oops, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, every Friday night, the next year was every Friday and Saturday night, where my first race was a road race, but my dad was president AFM. My parents were split up. I was in Sonoma. I raced like two races.
1: So um, Three when races. you say, how did you get into that? Did someone come up and say, hey, Wade, you want to go out? I mean, I've seen you dirt ride. I mean, uh, like, when I first got out, uh, there was friends that were helping me. So you had friends that saw you go do extraordinary things? Um,
2: um, um, My other dirt pals and stuff We were in Sonoma had a Suzuki 90s There was three of us We went racing in the fields and stuff I found a race in Petaluma And went and tried it My bike did really good for a minute I got into the lead And then I fouled plugs And I was so bummed I blew it up the next week I ended up going to the Suzuki shop meeting those guys and they said hey were you the kid that
1: got into the lead the other day and it's like, yeah that was me <laughs> awesome <laughs> also that makes it feel really good if someone notices right yeah I mean, you know, it was totally
2: stock and, and and so they let me ride their kitted bike and says look at this ride this thing it was a rocket it was twice as fast it was $150 for the kit wow. and the mag, and and, and and I had $150 in the bank.
1: And uh, also, I mean, there's a big difference when it comes to actually uh, having a bike that's competitive and running a bike that's not competitive. I mean, it's, yeah. like, it's a lot harder to be great on a non-competitive bike, and I think certain greats see that. So when when you're doing that good on a bike that's not that great... They'll give you that little extra help, but they imagine they imagine you're just yeah. going to be winning.
2: So, some people give you help. and you, So you get help here and there. I call it sometimes from little people, not necessarily big businesses or something, but you get
1: help. The independents.
2: Yeah, independents. So Cycle West totally helped me up, set me up with a bike and everything. They sold me the parts. I went home and asked my mom if I could spend all my money i had in the bank it was mine i had a job <laughs> and she said sure so i got the kit it was instantly fast they showed me as they put it in i never saw the inside before and i was blown away with what uh, the stuff in there because um, next time i had to do it myself
1: blown away and what w- wait wait i mean as far as uh, the
2: mechanics of it yeah it's like looking in a watch the very first time yes uh, and what I'd,
1: tools do so yeah. i got i never problem. got my watch to work again but i got my bike to work again <laughs> Awesome. Well, I mean, you have to. I mean, it's also, I mean, earlier today I was talking to a friend of ours. He's running one of those new uh, Hoosbergs. And uh, for the first time, he's just like, you know, Alex, I change my own oil. And, you know, bolts fly off these things because they rattle so much. I mean, if you do your own maintenance, then you have kind of a soulful relationship
2: yeah and then you then you find out that stuff what comes loose what doesn't and what it really wants exactly you gotta touch it and each, then. each one's slightly different yeah the more you touch it the more it becomes oh, my baby yeah. <laughs> oh and it's saving you guys ride together you know um, so yeah you wanna take care of it you don't wanna be parked on the other side of the hill with a foul plug or a flat tire or whatever you want to be the guy out in the lead on the rear wheel
1: yeah there's nothing worse than like getting in the last lap i mean i'm sure we've all been there and like for whatever reason i mean all that hard work and they're just so close yet so far i thought he put gas in it i thought you put gas in (laughs) it yeah i've been there as well yeah like what oh no yeah for sure so wait i mean um I've never really asked you. I mean, oh, this is actually Alex Torres-Morri, the producer, not Racer Alex asking. Uh, Racer Alex stepped out for a second. Anyhow, um, jobs in the industry. Have you ever had any?
2: Uh, I worked at Jim and Jim's for a minute in Petaluma. Um, And then actually I made fairings, fiberglass fairings in my garage for like seven years and worked on people's bikes until nobody a lot of too many people didn't want to pay they just wanted me to store their bikes and so that ended up changing i go i'm going to change this all the bikes in here yes mine
1: didn't want to pay but store the bikes oh can i do that it's like well that's going to cost a lot and they don't pick up the bike for a month and a half yeah yeah i've had that uh, currently where i work It was like you know, yeah, three calls I, later. because I wasn't a real shop. It was
2: easier for them to do it and get away with it. And eventually, I wasn't very happy about that and changed my whole yeah. thing. Um, and then the RZ five hundred came out, and I got a job to go get a bike, and then I. Went and got another one. So uh,
1: the RZ500 came out, and you particularly, like, I got to have that bike, so I'm getting a job, because that's yeah. the bike I
2: want. I got a job, and I mm-hmm. saved $100 bills. So I've I got been there the a bike. couple
1: of times in my life where I had to do that, and one of them was a 99R1, 90, uh, which he's spoken about. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so... Um, after that, I mean, uh, you've been a, 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 through the times. You've always been a messenger uh, in, the, in the in the early days. So I mean, that was a job. I uh, guess you could say in the industry. I was, for- yeah, I was sort of, I was f- semi-forced into that.
2: I had roommates when I was going to the Isle of Man, many years, and one particular year, I came back, and all my roommates totally made big mistakes and left me giant bills. The from, rest- co-
1: from coming back from the Isle. Yeah, everything
2: is was twice it. as much as it was supposed to upside be upside down whatever they all screwed up but it, everything backfired i needed a job i needed it yesterday and don't ask me how much i'm making
1: i just need to start pedaling well I, I heard that i mean uh i believe it was lightning express back then with ray correct yeah yeah i mean that's kind of legendary i mean you're part of that i mean if i were here at that time i don't know if i would have survived but i mean i thought that would always been a cool thing to be part of yeah, I really liked
2: it. I actually went in late. You know everybody shows up really early. It's like, oh, I'm too old to show up really and I really don't care.
1: <laughs> exactly. You do gotta, your own
2: hours. Where do you want me to go? They sent me along for a little while, then they kept me in town. And as long as you keep me moving, I don't care where – and don't ask me where I'm at. <laughs> where are you? I'm at the Kawasaki shop.
1: Where are you, you are. At? Not the infamous wall. I'm at the uh, Yamaha uh, shop. Yeah, yeah. are. Exactly. So, I mean, after that, I mean um, – i was gonna ask racer alex yes how many bikes have you had well actually i started out on a yamaha phaser uh my first bike was a uh, yamaha phaser i didn't know what i bought i went into uh concord yamaha i like i was mentioning before Wade just uh, got in um i was gonna buy a sailboat i literally was gonna buy a sailboat that friday and sail away and uh rick's testing rick's 650 i ended up getting this dormant dragon and uh from there couldn't sleep all week i mean i was tossing and turning and wasn't the anxiousness of taking that getting that sailboat because i li- I could have lived on it martina's harbor would have saved me rent i mean the the, the deal was great it would have been a whole different life i was concentrating on like motorcycles again Boy, I just rode one and all the boys got it. And so I ended up uh instead of going to pay for the boat uh deposit for three thousand dollars, I went to Concord Yamaha back then. And uh Oh yeah. Yeah, I really so yeah. And uh went and uh, they had a F C R one thousand, um Back then, uh, FCR-600 and FCR-400, both in all in the blue. Back then, I just just walked by them. It's like, oh, no, crotch rockets. Boy, now I would... They're all priceless to me. I would would gladly have either one. And I saw the the actual... Let's see. Back then they had the Maxim. It was a little too, you know, cruiserish. And then the Virago, which is a little too gay. And uh, ended up on a phaser, which was like totally the oddball. It's a mixture of everything around. And uh, had a uh, Yamaha 5 valve Star Genesis 700cc motor due to the tariffs. And ended up being one of the fastest bikes made. I just I, I didn't know anything about bikes then. I mean, I hadn't ridden in years. And uh, to me, it's just like, okay... So I took a test ride and uh, back then, who was the who's the owner? I don't want to say it was Ray, but anyhow, um, took it out for a ride. You didn't have to have a helmet back then, Rip rip. Came back at the end of the week, gave him the extra 500, and now I owned a Yamaha Phaser, which I ended up naming the Jet because I just got on the freeway, kicked on the gas, and I was damn near torn off that bike. I mean, it's just very interesting. Uh, Mm -hmm. I happened to choose one of the fastest bikes out there, but it was very cool-looking and unique. Uh, After that, uh, I tried to be a racer and uh, go for the race bike thing and bought a VFR 700. Uh, that bike was great about teaching me how to crash. After three times, yar yar, let's get a proper race bike. And then I went for the FCR 400, Race that. That was my proper race bike after that. So, Wade, I mean, uh, you started, I believe you had the RZ 350 to start? No. I
2: never had a 350, actually. My dad did. We both set to get 500s, and I did, and he didn't. My, my first road racer, I was two, two bikes I think that I rode, but they weren't mine. The first bike that was mine road racing, my stepfather gave me a Honda 160. Ooh, and is that a Honda Matic? A red one. So then um, he got totally uh, unhappy when I traded it for a Yamaha CS5.
1: Which, which is, was another two-stroke?
2: It's a, the other one was a
1: four-stroke. The
2: CS5 is a two stroke 200 just before the reed valves came out and that thing would do 100 miles an hour
1: all (laughs) day long wow uh again uh two strokers as you know i mean we've talked about them in the show more than once uh they go and then they just really take off and you better hold on and reed valves are kind of the old generation and had more of a am i wrong a kick to it wade
2: yeah, the the Reed valve supposedly had more low-end. Good okay. question. This was a piston port model, but it ran really good. I'd get another one in a hot second just as for memories <laughs> and stuff, but everybody yeah. else had 250 RDs and stuff. And so, again, I was a little kid trying really hard. Um, and actually, I was chasing a buddy, Mike Redell, one day at uh, Sears Point. <coughs> where We dove into turn 10. I was just trying To hang on to him Really I really couldn't At all old serious in, point Yeah In my dreams I was attempting to pass him I got by him once <laughs> I was basically following him But this other guy Got in the middle And was upset in the thing We dove into turn 10 And dude fell off Totally really? fell off In I, front of you? Yeah, I had to run off the track and Holy take moly. the guardrail and everything to keep from running over him. Keep, keep from getting collected. Yeah. And it was worse, run over the man. Yeah, sprained my ankle. My oh. bike wasn't the same for a while. But but that was a, the bike was really neat. Rode it there, Laguna, a whole bunch of places. Um, that whole, whole time frame when I was in
1: high school, actually. Well, yeah, high school then. Yeah, I remember a couple of times uh, when I went to high school. Uh, a couple of times I went um yeah I um there was a couple of times I did take the DT 175 there and I felt really cool you know I mean everyone else has cars I'm a I'm a freshman and uh, stole the bike out of the garage when my parents were gone for a few days and but it was really neat to actually just show up in high school on a motorcycle and uh be cool, you know. Yeah, uh, it was that, not I better than taking the bus or walking. <laughs> walking was my choice. You know, wow. I wouldn't get on a bus. So, what was it? What after that? Way, I mean, is there another bike that you would consider uh, 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 a, a monumental bike for you in life? You know, like mine was the next one was the FCR four hundred, which I raced for eight years. I mean, did you have another special one after the first one?
2: Um, well i ended up moving to the city didn't have a bike um two of them i ended up getting i was supposed to get an rz or a rd 350 my dad had one everybody had one they were everywhere and then they came out with the xt 500 which is two bikes in one it's a street bike and it's a dirt bike so i got one of those ran that set it up for the uh, up north or for like a half mile or do 100 miles an hour or so I come home change my wheels and go up in southern hills and and go dirt riding
1: okay hey here wade we're gonna we're gonna date ourselves for a second because before you got in i was mentioning how i got my dt 175 when my uncle got his xt 500 uh so we're talking the late 70s or 80s <laughs> well, I, yeah mine was a 77 yeah my, my uncle got the brand new one kickstarter and that's the only bike i ever looped in my life because i had the 175 and um he had a kick out of having me try to kickstart it you know he got you, the little you, glass eyesight so you, you, he watched me get bucked off for a second and you had to learn how to do it exactly get the feel of it
2: <laughs> and then one and oh yeah boom it'll just start it'll just start mm-hmm. i had a 360 that i was racing two stroke before that and there's a buddy, Paul, that I see every once in a while on the ride and stuff around. And uh, anyhow, when we were in, I was in high school, I was washing my device detailing. And he comes over, and he's like playing with my bike and kind of kicking it through. And it goes, shh, 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 shh. and it's like, you better not do that. That bike bites. <laughs> and he's like, boom, 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 boom. He kicks it a couple more times, kicks it a couple of times. And I'm oh, around the corner, just out of sight. And all of a sudden, it goes, Bam and goes totally quiet (laughs) and then it's like i'll continue doing a couple a minute or so later i go wait a minute it's awful quiet what's happened i walk around the truck and there he is laying inside the truck just totally in pain. Try not to make any noise. Oh, I'm
1: so busted. I'm so busted.
2: Ankle or shin? <laughs> shin. Totally, <laughs> some of them kick back. that one. Yeah, too.
1: exactly. The Damn. shins. Ah. Always a little bit of a hard. Alright, let's see here. Um, we're going to take a few minute break and Wade and Alex will be back and uh, welcome racer Alex. Thank you for having me. Alright, we'll be back shortly. Cheers, fellas. On your shoes if the road, get
0: drunk.
3: You can pay. Things on your chest You need to confess I will deliver You know I'm a forgiver Reach out and touch faith Reach out and touch faith You're wrong Feeling unknown and you're all alone Flesh and bone by the telephone Lift up the receiver, I'll make you a believer I will deliver, you know I'm a forgiver Reach out and touch faith Reach out and touch faith Reach out and touch faith Reach out and touch faith
1: Welcome back to Racers Alley. and uh, We were just talking about bikes we've ridden, and Wade says we barely just touched the surface. So, uh, Wade, what's, what's your next favorite bike? Something that really made a difference. Well, history-wise, my
2: next bike, everybody had KZ1000s or, or RZ500s. The early 80s. Yeah, as far as street bikes, road races, and stuff like that. So It was the Superbike era. Yes, so I ended up with a KZ650 you
1: are <laughs> same thing quite, quite
2: the odd one I really, a really good wannabe it's almost there we tried really hard um i had one of the fastest ones around for a stock bike um i started making fairings and stuff so um i had to run the super street class because i had to run fairings because i was making them um whether i sold them or not or whatever but anyhow i was making them and i normally couldn't afford them
1: yeah uh, as i recall you know when i first met you i mean um uh there used to be very uh, few people who made aftermarket things. I think AirTech was one of them. But upon uh, further investigation, Wade is making a bunch more back in the day. I'm talking back when you had the 1980s bikes uh, in line four that needed something up front with a yeah. round around the headlight. Wind- some a scoop, windscreen, uh, you know. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. When when nobody was running them we went out and found some um me and an, another buddy john rook actually started a fiberglass business and stuff he actually started it and i learned how to do it from him and then on and on and on we actually went into business to it he was doing it in his garage we then we did it in my garage and we just started adding fairings this way that way we started with a quarter fairing um, uh, my the kit that I made was the E glass quarter fairing. I copied the bottom off of a b- Bamoda.
1: What was this for? My bike? The
2: bike? Wait, it fits everything. It's a universal. Oh,
1: it's a universal. Yeah, because yeah. I've seen your Gucci just recently, but it's a different story. So basically, yeah. you're a, you're the pioneer in making proper. You know, uh, one of the pioneers in it, doing a lot of glass the, in the yeah, Bay Area
2: in Northern California. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, did it in my garage and didn't really advertise. I did shops for a little while, but then we did race glass and stuff. But it's word of mouth. Yeah, mostly word of mouth. I did bubbles for a long time
1: um really so uh, actually you were able to make the plexiglass bubbles as well yeah because my- that's a big fucking uh, a big deal as well <laughs> holy <laughs> yeah. moly i, I mean my- that's half the battle i mean you can yeah, yeah. Uh, awesome uh, yeah. so you could do a full kit customized on any are you listening guys with old bikes who want to do arma um i've actually moved the moles in his house meaning producer alex stories boring um yeah. I've moved his house. He's got molds yeah. for everything. That, I mean, our yard.
2: That's the problem. I had to move. I had <laughs> a, I had a million molds. I had a bubble room. And I made my own bubbles and everything. Um, so you just go buy material and make whatever you want. I used to actually, once upon a time, I had 10 fairings on a shelf at all times.
1: Wow. You're your own manufacturing yeah. Uh,
2: (laughs) Now I sponsor myself I get whatever I want or need If I can think it up Whether it's art or my bike Or this or that I got just enough molds To keep my buddies going And if I need to, to Whittle something out or I, suddenly it's christmas time
1: <laughs> well wait you know i mean we go back away and we haven't even got to a quarter of what today's uh subject was today and i mean yeah we've we've i, I first met wade and uh i guess you could say or 1997 around uh zeitgeist and uh pat from subterranean uh he actually <laughs> a lot of like bikes there yeah back then. Uh, back then that was a really good bar uh not better but anyway with bikes uh, with bikes tons of bikes back then and uh uh yeah anyhow so met pat from some training he introduced me to wade boyd and uh pat just uh just a regular guy and uh, said hey dude like the rest like, of us. well i mean i was just uh just racing in the fcr 400 and he goes what do you want to do it's like i want to do the other man And i always wanted to he goes I know the guy you gotta meet. And now, uh, Wade's here with us, and uh, he's actually our co-host, and uh, we've had many adventures. Just, uh, well, that'll be for uh, tales of another day, really, you know, uh, yeah, you
2: know. that's long. We can talk all day on those subjects. We can on talk on all those day. Subjects. yeah. Anything
1: TT-related. Well, um on a a, a little bit sadder sadder note let's talk Uh about our our friend Fabrice Migot Migway and Mig our friend uh, from the Isle of Man uh, he's Uh actually done uh, the Macau the Isle of Man TT many years the Irish road races we I've met him in Argentina as well and he was a dear friend of wade and myself uh i met him in 2004 when i met the uh, when i was at the isle in 2005 and 2000 uh, uh later 2010 at the argentina and he's once one of the most wonderful guys right sure is uh cousin
2: mig i hate to cousin say it mig. it's it's a very sad story because he Truly. came up came up missing road racing racing period life is dangerous Racing is dangerous. Road racing is dangerous. Real road racing. Racing in Europe is even more dangerous.
1: Well, it's, uh, yes.
2: I, I hate to say it, it's really great, it's fantastic, but yeah, it's so dangerous, and one or two of your friends come up missing every time, or close to it, uh, this year's been really hard, we lost a few people, we won't go into that too much, because it's not exactly a happy thing.
1: No, but I just wanted to just say how much we loved Mig, and you know, when we were there, I mean, the, uh, yeah. He was, he was
2: one of the best, totally. Yes. Uh, He's a Frenchman, The French team. Supposedly don't like too many people, but anyhow, they totally adopted me. We've totally fell in love with each other as far as friends and stuff. They're totally dynamite. Um, We helped each other whenever we could. And just, I don't have anything bad to say.
1: Mig was absolutely one of the best. Yeah, we could barely talk to him because, I mean... Uh, right. as an English person, well, as an American, all I do is talk louder at him, thinking he could understand me. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, ah, goes, three fingers, three fingers! Three fingers! And what we did understand was the international language is having a shot. And then so, three fingers, whenever we got a shot, he goes, three fingers, Alex, meaning that we ain't taking any short shots. And yeah. It's like, uh, what do you we drink? had many a pint. What are you drinking? Put that away. Here, have some of this. <laughs> yeah, when we first got in the pits at the Isle of Man, uh, we visited but, the French, and they had a ton we walked in i think uh, we just got from a different beer tent where they had stella's or something and they looked at us funny huh yeah we got this little tiny
2: tent Team, team USA over there and they have this giant double tents or whatever full of like 40 French people and we don't speak any
1: French at all hardly any of those guys speak English <laughs> but we made the best of friends it was a great time and the fact of the matter is the first thing they did was they took the beers out of our hands it's like how dare you bring beer in a French taunt but uh, they had a whole bunch of boxes imagine the well I mean, it's just a wonderful thing. You got a whole table, and boxes are four high, and at least. And what they said was, uh, we're, uh, we represent the island. All the local wineries gave us, you know, because everyone has their preserved stuff. Yeah. They, they had the best of everything, and. All these boxes, all all their yeah. regions gave
2: they, them the, the best for li- They brought over lots of wine and bribed everybody. <laughs> That's how they paid for their racing.
1: It was so good. You didn't get a hangover. I was amazed, actually. It was actually like the, the other stuff we had one night, which is, I don't know, it was like Grosch or something. Boy, oh, boy. But, uh, yeah, that was definitely a fun time. And, Meg, I mean, man, you know, I love you, mate. and I'm, I'm sure you're up there with all the rest of them doing a good track and having three fingers of proper. I'm sure we need to meet your maker. He's He says, like, yeah, want a shot, he goes, three fingers. That's for sure. You know, and, uh, yeah, love you, mate. Yeah, right on. Right Right on. on. You know, so, uh, yeah, man. Uh, Next thing we're going to be up to, uh, I guess this weekend, uh, Mutiny Radio is going to have a big shindig, and uh, I would love you all to be here. Uh, There's going to be a big block party, all types of events going on, and I believe it starts, well, let's just say it's Saturday all day since I don't have the... (laughs) <laughs> True facts being all day the person I am, and uh, also our sponsors, you know, this weekend right now they're gonna have a big event uh, over there. Uh, Pier 30, 30, uh, I appear 30, 39, not not Pier 39. Hold on, no, 30. Uh, to, yeah, but what are they doing there?
2: They're riding motorcycles and racing motorcycles, and the cops are playing. the the indians are playing um
1: yeah it's called the, the moto the moto bay classic and the idea is it's gonna be a well a super hooligan flat track racing and they're gonna have a bunch of uh well, actually, some very good bands there. You, you, everyone should be everyone should be there if you ride a bike. There's gonna yep. be a, a police area. police finals doing Gymkhana stunt shows, uh, you know, bike and art shows, some uh, motor vendors, uh, cops versus hooligans, and some You got a bike, show up, you know, and uh, guess what? I'd bet on the cops. Those guys are badasses. Uh, last night, my boss man was telling me they practice he went, that stuff. Well, it's um they you know they're doing it on the size of a gold wing you know but uh, that's
2: really hard you
1: have to be that good and uh, you got to really put it up with chp boys and uh let's give a shout out for that uh chp uh Officer who passed away last week by being hit by the car. Um, Evidently tomorrow, uh, being Friday, they were going to have a huge event with CHP. But obviously, uh, most of those folks will be over at the uh, funeral for him tomorrow. So, um, just so you know, uh, a lot of those folks uh, in our, uh, I guess, uh, industry with uh, enforcement, the the CHP boys, the cops, they're great guys, and um, they're all going to be gone tomorrow. And uh, they're people too. Yeah. Exactly And they're they're good men so, uh, that being said, uh, Saturday, there'll be the big race with, uh, I guess, Roland Sands and the boys. And, uh, yeah, hooligan flat track racing. So, if you can, tomorrow, if yeah. you don't want to have a, to have to deal with any crowds or anything, I was told that you show up as a regular Joe, You can get some good track time out there and just do, have some fun. Uh, all right. So, that being said, uh, tomorrow as well for the Moto Bay Classic, I believe you can go to... Uh, Hold on. Let me look at that picture. I think it's SF bmw or the Niche store uh tomorrow to get free ticket for the world big classic which is 30 dollar ticket uh you can go to sf uh, a bmw or the danish store if i'm wrong well you know that's what we are <laughs> so uh that being we, said we didn't say anything. yeah i didn't say nothing <laughs> you know uh we love our sponsors wade do you have any sponsors you'd like to say hello to uh candy place is my
2: my newest greatest sponsor
1: yeah he's doing no. the time uh, the number of plates for your flat yeah. track bike. Yeah. Moto tire guy. Um. Uh, right now, uh, Motor Tire Guys, yeah, he's yeah. doing well. Uh, just got back from Mexico, having a good time. Uh, obviously, Subculture Racing for me, mm-hmm. for Wade, and uh, myself, and uh, uh, actually myself, uh, Racer Alex, who was here earlier. And uh, he says thank you for having him on the show. And uh, Mutiny Radio here, you know, it's great for them having us. I mean, it's it's a great thing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, of course, Christine, where she runs and uh, where you work, I work at Trillium
2: Graphics, and she works at Rose of Monday. Get a sausage at Rose of Monday. They sponsor sometimes, too. And Tuesdays, great burgers, dude. You basically
1: got to get there early.
2: Tuesday's burger day. If you don't get there by noon or so, you're not going to get one.
1: Exactly. They, they
2: get a, they have like a hundred of them. and That's it. And they go ah, we're we're sold out.
1: We only do yeah. It's a going. little <laughs> to no thing. I've literally got there and uh, you know, Toronado is one of our boys here who's uh actually a sponsor. Charlie's usually there uh, running the tap on Tuesdays and uh, he's even bought me a burger from Rosamond and uh, they're, they're really really good. They're one of the best. They're handmade. They're really they're long. giant. They're eight
2: eight ounces. That's that's it. I, I'm I actually measure them. I work over
1: there Don't yes. tell anybody though One <laughs> of <laughs> Wade's Many jobs Wade's a man Many jobs I got 12 uh, jobs man Job number two Yeah job number two But been paper boys And everything in between uh, Yeah so uh, Tokyo Moto of course uh, like to uh, thank them For uh, keeping my race bike there Leaking oil all, all over the place And not working For about a year and a half And uh, of course Bender's Bar For uh, always taking care of us All these years As a sponsor I mean boy They've been back For yeah. quite some time And uh, We've been drinking A lot of their beer <laughs> trip <laughs> sure, they don't run out they're always good and uh moto hub sf uh, that's dima he was uh, just our latest guest here uh actually uh, you know guest host here with doug and uh, he has his own uh business working on independent motorcycles so if you need something done quickly you need something done nicely call him at moto hub sf you call him dima Oh, you need a bike fixed you can do it within a day and uh, of course monkey moto school uh our friend, uh, Evan, he, uh, actually teaches anyone how to ride a motorcycle. He has a motorcycle actually, uh, to give you. So this is different from Somewhere the, uh, you here. know, uh, yeah, exactly. So this is different than other courses. It's very laid back. It's uh, you know, it's not credited towards DMV. It's credited to making you relaxed to ride a motorcycle and giving you a, a more advanced. I hope to have him on the show, uh, next couple of weeks here and it'd be go. nice to hear from him, you know? And, uh, so anyways, uh, AMA and AFM, are brothers, uh, as far as racing goes. And WSM, well, not WSMC's gone, but I love them anyway. Uh, we got Arma, who's always helped us out. And, uh, yay, of Arma. course, uh, yeah, yay, Arma. And the boys in and, Australia from Wade, because, uh, you know, they've taken care of Team America over there. Yep. Yeah,
2: th- big thanks to Doug Chavez and all his crew and
1: everybody. Um, and the whole gang at Phillip Island. well thank you for joining us here over at racers alley we'll be loving to see you and well actually you'll hear us next week cheers fellas
4: D. Lucas is going to be having a new CD release party. This is a great way to get in touch with him. He travels all over the states, everywhere. That smooth jazz is needed and wish you were here. Let him know. Jen Eros, host of MutinyRadio.fm, lets you hear him here first. It's always nice to hook up some friends and have a good time. CD, The Woodlands Sessions, Quiet Kind to People,
5: there she
4: is playing the harp, she and her band were performing last Sunday in Modesto, I hope you guys will check them out, meanwhile, just slowing it down for you today, St. Patrick's Day, people out there kissing Blarney Stones, I hope you have your sanitation wipes. But in the meantime, let's soothe the soul.